Hey everyone, welcome back to The Floor of the Sky, our little podcast about all things New Mexico. Thanks for joining us, thanks for sticking with us. We hope you've enjoyed it so far. I am one of your hosts, Bradley Gard, and with me is Zachary. Does nobody use their blinker here, Gard? For real, what's what's the deal, guys? <laughs> so one of the things about Albuquerque you'll learn right away is nobody uses a blinker. If they do use a blinker, they're not asking permission. They're just telling you they're coming over. If you use your blinker, yeah, they, they consider that... It's just the guy behind you is just going to speed up to, just to close gonna, the gap. He's just so. going to decide, no, that's not happening. Yeah. So uh, kind of one of our little notorious elements of our of our lovely city. We'll also, we'll have to talk about parking one, one, one <laughs> oh, of these Oh, Lord. Yeah, there be parking. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> Between the lines, guys. Between the <laughs> they lines. They paint you, lines. You only get on one the spot. They one put, of those spots is they just They give you lines. You can just you just put it between them. I don't know. It's actually one of the easier it's, things it's really, in life. In, like. in driving. It has glide lines. It, and it, you can just, you can put it in reverse. You can back out straight. It's a thing. I mean, it's one of the things you learn is just how to like straighten out. But no. Yeah, we'll have it's to. It's just like by the time they get to the store, they're just bored as hell. So they're just like, yeah, I'm just going to leave it here. This is close enough. So yeah, yeah. The driving, the parking. It's, <laughs> we, we love you, Albuquerque. It, it's a particular <laughs> Albuquerqueism. So uh, anyway, today uh, we're going to talk about one of my favorite trips uh, in the area. So again, we've been kind of focusing on day trips from Albuquerque, um, places you can go, things you can do within an hour ish of town. Um, so obviously, Albuquerque is a fairly big city. So depending on what part of town you're in, it's going to affect um you know the timeline a little bit i live um in what's called the northeast heights if you're not familiar with albuquerque so um kind of smack dab in the middle kind of of the where i would say yeah the kind of bulk of things um but you know there's the west side there's downtown there's uh the knob hill area those are all you know different different um relationship to i-40 i-25 Zach lives out in barely Rio Rancho, um, so it's God's from, country out from there. His, from, he's twenty minutes from Rio Rancho, and he's in Rio Rancho. Uh, he, so he his his route's gonna take a little longer, uh, but we'll kind of discuss both of those, how to approach it from kind of wherever you are. Uh, but today's gonna be the Salinas Missions um, out in uh, towards Mountain Air, New Mexico. Uh, we're also gonna be reviewing. Uh, a local beverage of choice. Mm. So, uh, yeah, should we? maybe maybe we should, should we hop into that. Stop, yeah. start there, and uh, so this was uh, this was my pick. We're, we're sticking with the stouts. I, I should also mention. Um, I think autumn is probably the finest time anywhere in the world, but there is something easily like amazing about the fall in the autumn desert. in New Mexico. Like, so one of the things I think about fall in New Mexico is like it flips a switch. Yeah, like I feel like yeah. rarely do we have like the lingering summers <laughs> right. that just won't go away. Like pretty much once autumn hits in New Mexico, boom, it's here and it's here to stay. And, and so it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So yeah, it's. Uh, but I mean, the, I think the. I don't know. Maybe this is just being overly poetic, but I mean, there's just the light changes, the light changes. with each season, and, and fall and winter especially are my my two favorite seasons out here. It's just there's something, just bluer about the sky like the ground seems to radiate light like it's not like well, it's not like it's reflecting it's like the light seems to be coming from the trees and the ground and i mean it's just something magical about it especially but, those trips that like we talk about jemez yeah like when the when the leaves change colors mm-hmm. so you already have the red earth and the green grass and now you have trees turning yeah, yellow, yellow aspens and the aspens and, yeah. turn bright yellow and the cottonwoods um, yeah. the, the cottonwoods turning and i mean that's just a magical magical yeah. time and drive um, but, and it's an amazing time to travel in New Mexico in the fall. Absolutely. Um, especially these day trips or any, any long trips. So the weather's outside. beautiful. Yeah. Uh, you can roll your windows down. Uh, you can, you know, it's, it's comfortable to hike and walk around and spend your time outside. So, yeah. yeah. Fully encourage the autumn tour of New Mexico. So, sticking with our, our autumnal theme, uh, we're going back to a stout. Um, now, we do drink stouts all year long and recommend that you drink stouts all year long. But, uh, so this is Santa Fe Brewing Company's Java Stout. Um, and this is an excellent coffee, uh, excellent coffee stout. Um, I would actually, I was able to find this in uh, Kansas City before I moved out here. And this was, this was a favorite. 
Um, so it is everything that it sounds like. It is an imperial stout, so it's a dark, thick, rich stout beer to begin with. Um, and then they infuse it with uh, espresso. So imperials tend to be a little higher alcohol content, too, so mm-hmm. this is an 8%. Yeah. Java says it's going to be a little higher than your standard beer. So this may be one to be like a, a destination beer. So once you get to your destination, you drink this beer. Did you beer. read the... You should read everybody. So the uh, the little caption Start on the can up. says, Oh, hey, you seem a little tired. Maybe you should have some coffee. And by coffee, we mean beer. And by beer, we mean a can of this imperial stout made with locally roasted coffee beans. So and it has a mug. It says before noon, and then a stein. It says afternoon. <laughs> yeah, so, so depending it's for on all times of the day. <laughs> so let's go ahead and crack this open. Um, greatest, also... greatest sound in the world? Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. I should also uh, just mention that... Oh, God, this smells good. Typically with the, the darker the beer goes, and this is probably just a personal preference, but... Um, I, if a beer is really dark, I like it room temperature. Um, yeah, not, yeah, you're you're cold. you're more complex and roastier beers. Definitely, you should drink at a little a little warmer temperature. Yeah, some beers will actually recommend a temperature, but yeah, we we definitely prefer our our beers like they drink them in the old country. That's right. So as Brad mentioned, like the aroma just immediately just hits you, and it is delicious. So it is a very very coffee heavy, very coffee, but very sweet. Um, and then just like I had the hint of <laughs> Brad just stuck his nose nostril deep into his uh, the head of his beer there that's so. the only way to do it <laughs> so, I like to experience my beer with all the senses <laughs> cheers cheers mm. so this is like one of my favorite coffee stouts and there's a lot out there but it is sweet but it's not like overpoweringly sweet no in and fact I've, compared to like the the milk stock from last week, which yeah. is really sweet. Mm-hmm. This has much more of that black coffee bitterness yeah, yeah. at the front in a good way. I mean, I like black coffee bitterness, so. But it's not like a. Yeah, no. It doesn't taste like a. Because some, like, flavored beers, in air quotes, ha, they taste like a flavoring added. And right. this very much has just like kind of an, an infused, infused yeah. coffee and flavor it's, um, to it. So it's very subtle, but very. I also like it too. It's not like. Very good. Um, it's not just one flavor. Maybe that's what you're talking about. Like, like with a flavor added like it's you you take it and you get like a little bit of coffee note at the at the front and then that kind of as it rolls over your tongue you kind of start picking up those hoppy imperial stout notes and then it actually comes back around to like a dark sweet coffee yeah finish. it sweetens at the, at yeah. the finish there but it's uh yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, one of the better ones that's fantastic and i um i like quite a few things that santa fe, yeah, santa fe does a nice job um, that puts out so so there's our beer recommendation for you for the Santa Fe Brewing Company Imperial Java Imperial Stout. Java Stout. You can find it at most of your finer establishments that sell local beers. Um, it is one of their more popular ones, I think. Too, I think so. it's one of their stand. If you go to the tap room, I think that's it's always it's pretty much always on yeah, tap. I think tap. So so there you go. Cool. So uh, <clears throat> so like I said, today we're going we're be discussing the Salinas Mission ruins. Um, it's actually a national monument now. The Salinas Mission is a national, national monument. And it is much like the Blessed Trinity. It is one monument, but three separate... In, in uh, three, oh, yeah. that's a nice... There, there you go. That's a little theology for your, <laughs> for your afternoon podcast listening. Um, it is three separate sites, kind of, like Zach said, grouped together into one national monument. Uh, they're not terribly far apart, though, so that's kind of why they've grouped them together. Um, out in the... Towards Mountain Air, New Mexico, which is a quaint little um, east mountains mountain town. Um, so how Salinas, would... if you're if you're familiar at all with with language, <laughs> with and especially the Spanish. <laughs> if you're listening to an audio podcast, <laughs> I hope you're familiar with language. <laughs> of some sort of language. <laughs> if you're a student of language, I should say <laughs> Salinas should give away kind of the the impetus for for the area um salinas comes from saline right salts saline so there is a a uh a salt deposit a, almost a salt i don't know if they call it a salt lake but there is a an area outside of kind of east of there that was a, a major salt deposit which was a um was a commodity for the natives um and even the early settlers uh, european settlers um salt was a was a, a valuable commodity so that was kind of 
the reason uh, these these settlements um, sprung up out there was was they would trade that salt, they would mine it and trade it um, with other uh, initially other tribes, and then like I said, as the Europeans came in, you know they would they would also take advantage of that. So Salinas missions is all based on that that uh, that salt deposit out there, Salt Lake. That is further east. Um, you could certainly include that in your trek. It's a little out of the way, so it's what's the it's a it's a special. It's kind of near the so Willard. Willard, yeah, is the, the town that's that's out there just on the edge of of the Salt Lake. And like most small towns out in New Mexico, there's not much, but I think there is a little restaurant and kind of maybe a little dive bar type uh, stuff. There is a little dive bar in Willard. Right. I'm sure I've been in there. We should make that happen. Um, but that's on Highway 60. So it is like so that. That is off the beaten path of this trail a little bit, but it's if it, it's worth the side trip if you're interested. If you have the time. And the lake is. I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing <laughs> there. You just drive past and go. There's no signs. Look, it's a big bed apartment. Yeah, <laughs> there, yeah, yeah. There's there's not a parking area. I mean, you're literally pulling off the side of the road and looking over the fence. So it, it's cool if you're if you're interested, but it's certainly not crucial part yeah. of the trip but it's kind of interesting to know the history just to, to kind of give a context of, of why they call it what they do well and also kind of to get a feeling of how far the, the pueblos were from the, the actual yeah that, source that, of the salt that's that surprised kind of, me now i wonder if if it was bigger at the time maybe it was yeah but that's true i don't know if that was big enough to make it yeah that much closer but but yeah that is kind of an interesting little little footnote is that it is it's a bit of a trek to, mm-hmm. i mean it, on foot Especially or on foot, yeah, or, or you know, mule or whatever. mule or horseback. You know, by the time the, the Spanish showed up, but it's yeah, it's definitely it's a day's you know, it's a it's a significant journey if you're if you're trying to carry that stuff back on foot. So, but um, so from like, from Albuquerque, what? so from Albuquerque, so there are there are three sites. So, um, Quaray is the smallest of the three. Um, it's it's probably technically the closest to Albuquerque. Um, Abo is the next largest, and then Gran Quivira is the biggest site of the three. Um, now I said there's a couple ways you can you can approach this. Um, we we promised we'd keep your your trips getting there at about an hour. These are going to take you an hour fifteen, seventeen minutes, hour and twenty, twenty five minutes, depending on how you go. So if you're coming from Albuquerque proper, um, where I live. Yeah, I would recommend probably heading out I forty east towards to Harris. Um, is the way this way I first went. Um, so that's what that's the way I would probably recommend. Now another kind of fun thing I like to do is is try and avoid I forty, try and avoid the big fast highways. So you can actually take the old Route sixty six just off. It kind of parallels I forty for most of that way. If you do, there's a fun little side note where. As you're heading into Harris, there's the musical highway. So you can oh, actually, yeah, if you slow down to like 45 miles an hour, as your tires go over the road, it plays American Beautiful. Is it the rumble strips? Do you have to kind of... It's on the road. I mean, it's oh, on the highway. Okay. But if you're okay. going 55 or if you're going too fast, like, right. you, it'll just, bzz, it'll make a sound. Right, but, okay. but you have to be going like 45 right. and it'll actually play. Is it American Beautiful or is uh-huh. it? Yeah. So that's kind of a fun little, the kids will get a kick out of that. Yeah. Um, so that's coming from Albuquerque. I would start with Quarai as your first stop. Quarai is about 60 miles, 61 miles uh, from where I live. Uh, it is... Uh, so that's about an hour. 60 miles doesn't sound very far, but the way the roads are and yeah, the way the traffic and speed limits are, it, it will take you just over an hour, hour 15 to get out there. Um, if you're coming from the west side or if you're coming from further west... Um, in Albuquerque, if you're closer to I-25, then you might want to start in Abo. Um, that way you would go down I-25, or again, you can kind of take the the smaller highways if you have a little more time and you like the back roads. You can go down through you know, Los Lunas and, and Bosque Farms. Um, down to Belen, you're going to get off in Belen. It's actually the, the I-25 business loop. That's going to take you over to uh, Reinken, I think is how they pronounce the street name. And then that's to 47. Now, that drive is really fun. 47 is leaves Belen. And you, I think you came back up this way. Mm-hmm. But 47 goes out to 60, which is the highway that you'll catch to, to turn east and go into Abo. But but that drive um, just opens up. I mean, as soon as you leave Belen, like, yeah. the landscape is, is kind of wide open. It's just a classic New Mexico um, 
vista. So prairies on one side, the high, kind of high desert scrub, uh, but there are some mountains. The Monsanos are out on your on your left as you're driving south. Uh, beautiful wide open sky. There are some you know, a few houses and stuff out there, but great just two lane highway. Um, you know, barely a turn in sight, so you can just get out there and, and go. Not a lot of people. Not a lot of people. <laughs> not a lot of traffic out that way. Um, but a lot of fun. Really pretty. Just wide open. You start seeing the rock formations up ahead, and um, so that's going to take you into Highway sixty, and you'll turn you'll turn back west. So turn left, and then from there. Um, on to 513 is where Abo, the ruins, actually are. And it's only like a half mile up 513, so it's not very far once you've made that turn. That will take you an hour and 20-ish, 23, you know, 24 minutes, depending on how you go. So like I said, both, either way, depending on how you start, it's going to take you hour 15, hour 25 to, to get to your first destination. Um, now one of the things <clears throat> we discovered that we like to do, um, especially at Abo, and this is kind of what makes it nice. So Abo and and Quarai both have um, pretty nice, and, and actually several. They have they have quite a few uh, picnic areas. Mm-hmm. So the kind of way I would pre- approach this or present this little trip um, is to start early in the morning, head out. Um, I mean, not like crazy early. Right, no. <laughs> we're, we're not insane, <laughs> but you know, eight ish. You know, depending on how early you want to get there. Um, how how early you eat breakfast, but uh, pack picnic lunches. Yeah, take take food with you. Take a picnic breakfast. I think that's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's not something a lot of people do, but take a maybe a picnic breakfast. So fruit and you know some some milk and orange juice, donuts. Not, not only just for the experience, but also necessity. I mean, there's not much there's not much. Out yeah, there, yeah. So. There's not a lot of places to stop and eat or grab a bite or a grocery store or anything. Yeah. So so kind of what I recommend, like I said, is is head out. Um, if you're going to Quadai first. Like I said, you'll turn at to Harris. You're, you're going to get off on 337. That's going to take you down. That's going to intersect with Highway 55. Now, 55 is 55 is where Mountain Air is. And that's where Quad I is going to be. It's where Grand Colvera is all going to. So 55. Once you're on that, that's basically your your hub. That's your that's your your artery. That's going to take yeah. you to most of your sites. Uh, so stop at Quad I first. Probably stop and eat your breakfast if you're going to do a breakfast picnic. Do that first. Um, if you get there early enough, of course, you know, the daylight, the, the morning light is just incredible, especially this time of year. Um, and each, and you can, now it's going to be kind of cool this time of year. Yeah. So in the morning, especially, so yeah. be prepared. You'll, you'll need some jackets. And again, <laughs> as the last time dress appropriately, prepare for the weather to shift and change a little bit. So you're going to start out in the morning. It's going to be cool. Yeah. Take and jackets. Again, I mean, there are trails to all these sites, but they're not, they're not paved by any means. And they just... Parts of them are paved and some of them, but, yeah. Yeah, it, but they kind of loop. I mean, they're not crazy. You're not hiking. They're not difficult fact, or anything, but I'm, I guess my point is just don't wear flip-flops. Don't wear flip-flops, okay. folks. Once again, <laughs> the anti-flip-flop crusade. <laughs> just wear good walking shoes. Again, you don't need steel-toed anti-rattlesnake boots, but you just need good pair of shoes. But this, but this whole loop. I mean, it is a great trip for little kids. This you can totally take your family with who, you. You know, may have. Um, um, Difficulty walking, or I mean, these are all level. Like I said, yeah, clearly Quarai and, and Abo are fairly navigable. If you if you're not terribly mobile, if you, you know if you're yeah. in a wheelchair or a walker, they're easy. Grand Quivira gets yeah. a little more intense, so that was a little tougher. If you if you do have yeah. mobility problems, but Grand Quivira is huge, so take the kids and let them just run. Yeah, let them go. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so get there. Like I said, whichever way you start. Um, it's a great way to have a little breakfast picnic. Um, talk to the kids about, you know, what what you're gonna see and experience. All of the park rangers, in my experience, at all these places have been amazing. Yeah. Now, the the shameful part of all of this, <laughs> and the thing I learned early on, this is one of the first places we went and found as a family when we moved to New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was just googling day trips from Albuquerque or something. Um, so this is to me one of the most I mean, we like history, right? Right. So yeah. I mean, so we're already we're already kind of history buffs when it comes to to this stuff. This is but a, this is a really uh, underappreciated. This is, this is a thing that yeah. you're not going to see most places. I mean, especially you know, we come from in the Midwest. You're you're not going to see places like this kind of yeah. history, and out in the kind of <laughs> not middle of nowhere, but they're they're out the ways. Yeah. And these are and, and these but these are some of the least visited yeah. parks in our whole state. Um, now. 
that's a shame because they're so close to Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. I think it's partly why because yeah. they're close enough that people don't make them a, a, a trip. And that's why we say this is a day trip. Just just get up in the morning, go out there and see these. But man, go see them. These these are some and, of our, our treasures be, of the state. Be, kind of because of that, uh, the in my experience anyway, the Rangers are thrilled. Yeah, yeah when people show up, they're so, like, oh, people. So like, I mean... A lot of times they'll... They don't sound anything like that. I'm sorry. I mean, to offend any rangers that might listen to this podcast. <laughs> a lot of times they'll straight up ask you, like, do you want us to go, like, walk the trails with you and talk to you about... It? I mean, they'll give you the full full tour. Each one of right. them usually has a little um, gift shot or, like, visitor Yeah, they usually have little visitor center books and um, some little gifts. Toilets uh, on each, at each of them, I think, are fairly primitive, so just... I think they're vault toilets. I mean, yeah. I think they're just kind of your, yeah. Yeah, your standalone, but, but uh, I think they have water... Mm-hmm. But still a good idea to, like I said, pack yeah. plenty of food, water, drinks, you know, Gatorades or, or whatever yeah. you're... Now, I think it's, um, I think it's Abo that um, one of their picnic sites, they actually have like, it's like a little um, shelter house type thing, and they actually have like a little fireplace that they'll light up during the colder weather. So. Yes, so I think they do have a so grills again, there. So if you out there in the morning, you know... Right, it's early, it's cold. Oh. They might have a fire. I mean, it'd be very right, a very uh, scenic place to have right. Your... Now, Quarai and Abo, once you pull in, you're basically pulling into the site. I mean, you're yeah. boom, you're right there. You can see, you, you can see the ruins mm-hmm. from you know the parking lot from your car as you get in. Now, Quarai is a little deceptive because you turn down it. It seems like a like almost a neighborhood street to, yeah. to get there. But once you, but you pretty soon you see the building, the visitor center, and you see the parking lot. Boom, you're in, and you can see you know where to go. Grand Quivira is a little more of a drive in. Um, it's tucked back a little ways. But again, once you're in the parking lot, you get to the visitor center, and then the trails are all pretty pretty clearly yeah. marked from there. And if we don't do a good enough job in this podcast, kind of getting you to where you're going, I mean, they'd obviously stop. If you get to one, I mean, stop, talk to the rangers. They'll give you maps. They'll tell you how to get to the Yeah, but I mean, Google Map, all this stuff. I mean, yeah. Sometimes that's a little tricky, but it, you know, this day and age, just Google yeah. Map them. They're all there. Um, we need to find a way to like share pinned maps and stuff so we can actually just oh, yeah. Yeah. post some of these things. We'll try and see if we can figure that out. But cause I've got all these, my, <clears throat> on Google maps, you can save, um, you can save places you want to go mm-hmm. and they save a little green flag on the map. And my state of New <laughs> Mexico is green. It's just one big green flag. I have a, I have hundreds of places saved that I either have been and want to go back to, or I still want to go visit. So, yeah. so you can, if, if you're listening to this, if you want to go on, you, like I said, just drop the pin, drop the flag there. You can, um, and then you can, you can plot your route. So again, depending on either way, really either way you start from Abo or from Quarai, now, again, kind of last week in the Hame, as we talked about, if you're going to make one, if you don't have time, you don't want to stop at every site. If you're going to make one trip, Grand Quivira is probably the one to head straight to. Now, it's the farthest out, but it's the biggest of the most, site. Most it's a 600-acre site. Um, it's only 26 miles south of Mountain Air, but it's right on 55. And I, um, But it is the most, I would say it's probably the most impressive it's in most scale. Impressive. It sits up high, so you have this great view once you're on the ruins. It's a great view of the landscape around it. I do think like one of the cool things of seeing all three in one day is um, both Abo and Quarai are Abo, Abo, sorry, are um, they're entirely out of like the the red rock that's kind mm. of local area, you know, native to the, to the area. Right, like kind of Grand Quivira is built out of this white. Uh, I don't know if it's limestone or what it is, but it's yeah, but it's a it's like a, a gray white. Yeah, it's an color. entirely different color. So it's really neat to see like kind of the, the and two. it's not that far. I mean, it's not yeah. like it's a completely different region, yeah. but yeah, it's just far enough out that it has a different look and yeah. uh, different feel to it. Biggest, I think that one has the biggest. It's the biggest site. But I think it also yeah. has the biggest visitor center. But each one has a little kind of a little mini museum. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I know Grand Quivira has a little mini museum, and, and Quarai Abo, I think, just has a small gift shop. Um, I want to say Grand Quivira has the the biggest museum, so it has it has pottery shirts, it has yeah, um, you know, finds from the architectural or um, architectural archaeological digs there on the site. Um, so pretty interesting stuff. Um, so, like I said, you can time it right. You'll do your breakfast. Um, or early morning hike at, at your first site. Um, like I said, if you have kids, man, let them run. Let them enjoy themselves. The Quarai is pretty well marked as far as the trail. It's, I think it's almost all paved at Quarai. It's the smallest one. So I think it's all pretty much paved. Um, 
So keep them on the track. I mean, there are signs about rattlesnakes and some of the other critters, but obviously, depending on time of year, you're not going to see a lot of that. And they're very generous with where they let you go. I mean, that's one of the coolest things. Yeah. I mean, you're immersed in the Pueblo ruins, the church ruins. Right. I mean, you basically have free reign of the the, the you know, body of the church and the sacristy and those right. kinds of things. So, um, a very very immersive experience Definitely. for little Definitely. kids. I mean, it was for me. I can only imagine. <laughs> So, so again, if you're going to see all three, I would definitely make Grand Quivira kind of the middle of your trip. Um, you're going to backtrack no matter what, yeah. getting to Grand Quivira and then coming back up to either Abo or Quadai. But it's worth the trip out. Um, again, Google map it. Google will take you, when I was looking at it, it will take you from Albuquerque to Quadai. It will take you down... Um, 337 it's going to intersect with 55 Google tries to jog you a little weird because Google is all about efficiency I would recommend turning um, when you hit 55 turn right and go through um, Tahike and, and the other small towns it's a little I think it's just a prettier more interesting drive because you're going to pass through the really small little communities out there and some of those communities go way back to the Spanish land grant area I mean there's some crazy history out in that area We'll have to do a whole show just on the Spanish land grant yeah. thing because that's a crazy whole <laughs> convoluted thing that, that happened. But check out those little towns. There are, there are a couple of little you know convenience stores or general stores out there. But um, So that's going to be first. And then, like I said, Gran Covira is going to be in the middle. So depending on your time, like I said, plan a you know lunch, picnic. Um, Gran Covira is... <laughs> if you hear the <laughs> if of, you hear a dog, that's... There's a dog barking. Gosh. <laughs> um... <laughs> Grand Quivira doesn't – I'm trying to think. They, I know they have some probably a picnic table. For some reason, it's the biggest site, but it has the least the amenities Amenities as far as – they, they do have an indoor bathroom now that I say that because they do have – Oh, okay. They have a nice okay. bathroom. <laughs> but they don't have a lot of picnic tables or picnic areas, so so you can still eat there, but yeah, I would try and target one of the other two to, to picnic at. So as I've said before, we, we each have five kids, and we both have four daughter, four daughters and one son, so – that's why if we uh, pay specific attention to like the quality of the bathrooms, it's because we're so used to traveling with, with daughters who are uh, uh, a little picky about uh, their bathroom facilities. So uh, just, just to clue you in there on why we're always commenting on which, which place has the nicest bathrooms. <laughs> um, so that being said, a little history about the Salinas Mission's ruins. So obviously, as all things um, in America... Uh, that's my dog drinking water. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Super professional podcast we have going on right now. Um, so obviously the native peoples were here first, clearly. Um, all of these sites, like I said, were kind of based around, partly around the, the salt that they were able to, to mine and trade. Um, so the Pueblos are there, and we're talking, I mean... They were already established hundreds of years before the Spanish arrived. Spanish arrived in 1580. So we're talking the 1300s, the 1200s. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is this is the time that, you know, medieval Europe was in full swing. We're talking the age of chivalry here. So so that's how far back these sites go for the, the native people. Um, like I said, as about 1580... 1580s is when the Spanish first arrived in this area um, and discovered the, the, the native people. Um, these, if I remember from memory, these were the Tiwa-speaking uh, peoples. Uh, the Spanish came in, the, the church, the Catholic church came to obviously to evangelize them. And so they established, they came into these pueblos and established churches. So each one of the pueblos have, or each one of these ruins rather have um, pueblos that, that have been excavated um, Quora, or I mean, Grand Quivira, I believe, has the most extensive excavation. Um, so you'll see that you'll see both the Pueblo ruins, which I said go go way way back, almost a thousand years back. Um, and then you'll also see they they each of these sites had a church that they built. And so you'll be able to, like Zach said, you'll be able to go into the church. Now they're just ruined walls, but you can still see the shape of the church. You can mm-hmm. still see the cruciform shape of the chapels. Um, they still have, you know, they figured out where the monks' sleeping quarters were. I mean, yeah. so it's just really, it's really, it's fascinating. But um, so that the 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 churches, um, San Gregorio de Abo was sixteen twenty two, sixteen twenty two. 
I mean, it's insane. insane. I mean, American history yeah. starts, you know, in 1776, essentially. So so this predates, you know, what most of us Amer- white Americans are, are familiar with. Um, the the Quarai site was eight, was 1626. Um, and Grand yeah, about about the same time. So... So we're so, talking, we're talking, you know, hundreds of years of history of the native peoples living in this area and their pueblos, trading, living, loving, um, and then in the fifteen hundreds, sixteen hundreds, the Spanish come in, and you're a completely different culture, um, and they establish their efforts to to evangelize. So they establish churches. Kind of one of the weird things that they even now aren't totally sure what was going on. That you'll see a lot in New Mexico churches, the missions. Is they incorporated kivas? Mm-hmm. They're usually right outside into the churches, yeah, yeah. and uh, and nobody can quite figure out what was going on there because really, as far as Catholics go, there shouldn't be a kiva in your church, <laughs> and the natives wouldn't really worship in a kiva the same way in the church. So, so nobody's quite sure why the kivas are in the attempt at diplomacy or yeah, or, yeah, or somehow to incorporate or or you know baptize a, a, an existing um, you know, ritual so, or, or belief of the of the native peoples, but. Um, kind of unique is in Quarai. Um, I think it's Quarai. One of the sites has a square kiva, which is even mm-hmm. more unusual. So most mm-hmm. kivas are round. Uh, there's a square kiva in one of the one of the sites. So that's even more Interesting. mysterious. Um, and so just kind of like a, a general clarification. Um, out here, everything is is pueblo. Is you know. Um, yeah, as you're driving through, you'll you know now entering Pueblo this or right. so that that just refers to and correct me if I'm wrong like like there were the like the plains Indians who were nomadic and never really stayed in one spot but Pueblo refers to people who built a permanent dwelling in agricultural Tip- typically communities and, I mean right. historically speaking yes okay Pueblo the word Pueblo in Spanish just means people so uh, okay so that was just kind of like us saying tribe or I mean it's a uh, similar gotcha. concept okay. of just grouping. A people together, but yes, typically the Pueblo culture refers to a, permanent. Um, a more permanent agricultural based. Um, they tend to build houses or homes or stone yeah. structures rather than you know the the teepees or the, the more you know, even the hogans or the kind of more mobile nomadic styles. So yeah, there there is, um, yeah, generally Pueblo refers to. You'll yeah. see a lot of the cliff dwellings and stuff will right. kind of be associated with with Pueblos, but um, <clears throat> so. Again, a ton of Pueblo history, so just, just the just the history of the First Nations um, is impressive in the area. That would be impressive alone. I mean, just going to see Pueblos, yeah, yeah. right? These Pueblos from, um, you know, hundreds of years. And we're talking, what, we're going on almost 700, maybe almost 1,000 years ago on some of these places. Mm-hmm. I mean, so yeah. you're talking about incredibly um, old, old sites here. Um, so that alone would be worth the trip. Um, but then you layer in... The Spanish yeah. involvement in that whole era of history, and so now you have churches built, uh, you know, in the sixteenth, seventeenth century. You learn a lot about what they were doing, what their life was like, their conflicts, both with obviously with the native peoples, but there's also some really interesting information at these sites about um, how the friars and 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 the missionaries um, clashed with the state, clashed with Spain, yeah. clashed with the government. Um, and so there's even, I believe it's at Quarai, there's, there's a series of, um, of signs that kind of walk you through and they talk about, um, that conflict that the, that the, the friars were trying to defend and protect the Pueblos from, from the exploitation, the exploitation by, by the government, by the military. Um, and how I believe there's even, it's just not coming to me, but there's, cause the quote is, um, it's, it's. Because they would ask for God or King or something, so there was, there's well, even so a kind of known. So there's a, a story of of uh, you know a friar was giving a sermon, in, you know his homily during mass, and uh, the the gist of his sermon was that, you know, you basically your first allegiance is to God and to conscience and to right living, you know, and in the middle of the homily, the the um, captain general, whoever he was, kind right. of the the military authority of the the. Um, Pueblo, um, he burst in and interrupts him in the middle of, of his homily and 
says, you know, this guy is completely wrong. Your first allegiance is to Spain and, and to no one else. And, um, and, and the good Padre and, and this military guy, actually, they leave in the middle of the homily. And it, it said that there was, you know, shouting heard in the hallways outside. Right. Um, I don't know. If, I wonder if the friar came back to continue mass. How that how, worked. How but, it worked out. So, yeah, so there's some, some real tensions. And so there's, real... and we, we bring that up because there is a tendency to conflate um, the European... Um, all of the European settlements and the Spanish coming in, that was all kind of aggressive and uh, anti-native. Um, but I was really intrigued by that, that. That there's actually these these documented accounts of the the friars and the the you know the the missionaries actually standing up for the local people and and mm. and standing up against Spain against the the military. Uh, invasions and the attempts to enslave them and the attempts to um you know to to kind of destroy and, and do away with with their way of life so yeah. interesting to and that, that's not to say every priest was <laughs> was yeah. faultless or approached it the right way and there was a lot that was learned about how to handle those those situations but it's just more complex as all history yeah. is and than we typically and kind of to layer onto that that complex um cultural situation one thing i was really surprised to find is I, th- I believe it was before the Spanish even arrived a lot of these pueblos were formed by basically smaller groups of people who kind of banded together because of um, I think at that point they were even called Apache the more warlike yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. so they they, they, they banded were def- together defensive settlements mm-hmm. right. yeah against so so you kind of have uh, multiple layers of of cultural politics going on, you know, within right. the native cultures right. themselves. And then you have the religious and then the Spanish and then, right. And um, it's a, it's a fault of our, yeah, I mean, perspective, but also of our, maybe our education system that obviously not every native American was the same, right? right. Not every tribe had the same philosophy, the same approach. Um, but generally speaking, yeah, you had, you know, the, you had groups like the Apache who were more warlike, were more involving more about conquest and, mm. and raiding. Um, and you had the more peaceful, Peoples that, um, yeah, that were more agricultural. They were more yeah. um, stationary, and they they wanted kind of just to live their lives and raise their kids and 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 uh, be left alone. So, anybody who's more of an expert, feel free to to correct us and let us know. But that's just kind of yeah. that's what you pick up as you as you as you go through these these ruins. So, and one of the things that I really found fascinating, like that, blew my mind. <clears throat> so, as I said, the. The church is built in the 1620s. Um, you know, they're not there terribly long before, um, like we said, a Apache raids or you know dr- uh, drought or famine mm-hmm. um, afflicts some of them. So so f- shortly after, not terribly long after the Spanish kind of settled and came in, these places became abandoned. Um, and yeah. they, they think some of them maybe were, were a fairly kind of slow trickle. Um, I think one or two of the sides they think it was a fairly sudden kind of the whole group just said, you know what, <laughs> yeah. let's pack up and go. So so they were abandoned fairly quickly. Now you have to understand that was the 1620s, 1630s at this point. So these sites were abandoned, sat out there in the in the New Mexico desert, you know, mm-hmm. for and, and these are fairly remote areas, yeah. especially at the time. So then imagine being <laughs> you know, an American coming from the east traveling west and coming across these in the 1800s yeah right now the 1800s is ancient history to me like that's two (laughs) it's over 200 years ago and so but imagine to them coming across and not really knowing Mm -hmm. i mean you're the average farmer moving from you know tennessee to wherever in the cruciform he he comes across ruins and and yeah he goes what is this mysterious place that yeah yeah, I don't understand. Now, now there is a, a family, the Lucero family, did move back into Quarai in the 1820s. Oh, really? <clears throat> and then they reused some of the structure and added on and huh. widened and, and right. you know, expanded walls. Uh, built a tower, Torreon, um, huh. and that was like in the 1840s. So some of those structures are actually still visible there at, at Quarai. You can see... So again, that's that's really exciting to me because you can see. Well, that's that's brand new. I mean, especially <laughs> <laughs> New Mexico. But yeah, you can see the history from, like I said, from the thirteen yeah. hundreds, maybe before the sixteen hundreds. You just have this kind of layered. You just see the, how the place evolved and changed, and and so and grew. Also, along that note, I've also heard that um, geologically, um, there was a densely forested 
area that you would have had the ponderosa oh. pines in a, in a thicker, greener forest. Um, and as you'll see when you when you visit, um, it's a very open kind of yeah. Now there are still some because this is a little higher because it's kind yeah. of in the Montana. So there are some. There's definitely some trees out kind of along yeah. the edges, and you'll, yeah. you'll see some of that. But yeah, if you can imagine that being much closer in, mm-hmm. there is water. Um, which is really why I think they're probably as far as they were from the salt is that there yeah, is a, a, a kind of a stream true, yeah. creek that runs through at least a couple of the sites. Um, so that's kind of fun if that's flowing, especially we had a couple of wet years. That's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Abo, especially now, Abo, <laughs> we got turned back one time because yeah. it was rushing so bad that the, the snow melt was so intense that we couldn't even, you couldn't even drive down into the, into the parking lot. So, yeah. so check your weather, you know, check your reports on that stuff. Make sure you're, you're paying attention before you head out there. But definitely worth the the day trip um there's also uh there at a bow you're gonna see it again that's another site where settlers came back in um you know in the probably the 1800s and resettled and so you'll see kind of again the mix of their settlements what they call a plazuela which is a like a fortified plaza um is there at a bow so you get to see like i said not only the ancient puebloan history you get to see the the less ancient <laughs> spanish <laughs> history and then the the even you know more recent um, um, kind of pioneer history so um, that's one of the things I love about New Mexico is it's old yeah <laughs> yeah everywhere is this, I know the earth is all old but I mean this is just <laughs> one of those places where all of the history goes yeah back before imagination it just goes so far back and it it always blows your mind and I know and these are so well preserved because of where they were yeah, that's yeah. part of the thing is that they were they're so kind of remote that you know some of these places. If they're closer into you know, the the places get torn down, the stone gets removed. Right, they yeah, get yeah. they use it for other buildings. These places stayed remote, and so so they really stayed really well preserved. Um, now some of them you'll see, and again you'll read the signs as you go, but you'll see they've covered back in on some of the pueblo ruins just to preserve them. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. so again and again, all these sites as always be respectful. Please don't take anything. Don't from take them. anything from the grounds. Yeah. Um, if you see if you do spot those things, you know, let the park rangers know that you found something. Um, but that's not to say, like we said earlier, let the kids run around, yeah. explore, look through the windows, take lots of photos. Yeah. Um, and I know, I mean, for me, and again, like I just have a, a passion for history, but, um, it was just, it was a strange sensation to be there. And like I said, they let you go into the, the, you know, what would have been the hallways and, and the interior of, of this Pueblo, um. And so you're walking along, and some of them are like the the br- mud bricks, you know. Uh-huh. And the of course, the adobe's been, you know, the outer shell's been washed away, and so you see the the actual bricks with all the straw and everything in it. Um, and I just remember like reaching up and touching the brick, and then like having this moment of like, like somebody from sixteen twenty two <laughs> yeah. or whatever yeah. hand formed this brick, and I'm touching the same thing that this person is touching. Um, it was just this amazing connection. So, some of my favorite to the past, you know, yeah. and and it was just a. Um, I had the same experience with when I think about the wood. So the big wood yeah, beams, yeah. right? That they, and and you can see that in some of the some of the existing churches are still in use in New right, Mexico. Yeah. But these beams are they were cut down yeah. five hundred years ago, yeah. and somebody hand hewed these beams and had to use yeah. like a you know what they call it, like the a draw, draw knife yeah. draw knife and you know hand you know carve these things and drag them from yeah. you know 10 miles away and the, i mean <laughs> it's just incredible connection to to history that um you just don't get a lot of yeah. elsewhere um so we're we're <laughs> we've burned up quite a bit of our time but um some of the really exciting things about this this area um if you plan it they do which i haven't I'm ashamed to admit I haven't been to yet, but they do some um, some like orchestras. They'll they'll bring that out and oh, they'll wow. do like a nighttime concert. Oh, wow. there in the ruins, which would be amazing. Yeah. They do some nighttime, you know, dark sky yeah. events where they bring a telescope out and the park ranger kind of guides you through, um, you know, the astronomy. Uh, obviously, bird watching and and hikes, um, but please use the park rangers as your resource. Yeah. I mean, these guys. Yeah. This is what they get paid to do, and they and they, they love to do they it. They love to talk about it. Yeah. They love to talk about it, and they're um, knowledgeable. I mean, they're, that's, they're that's super the... knowledgeable. They know more than yeah, yeah, and, and, <laughs> and us two jokers sitting here, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trying to trying to teach you about it. Um, I think it's it. I'm gonna say it. I think it's a quadrio. I'm not sure, but there's actually, if I remember right, there's a model of oh yeah of yeah, the pueblos yeah, how it would have looked how it would have looked, but that model. That, 
Yeah, it traveled to it the traveled World's to Fair the World's Fair in San Francisco, San Francisco yeah. right? Uh-huh. But Laura Ingalls Wilder was at that was World's at Fair. that World's yeah. Fair, and then she she purchased it or so. It was a really like it's a really crazy. Yeah, she references it in one of her letters or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's this crazy connection to somebody that you would never expect to find, <laughs> you know, in New Mexico. But she's connected to this model of the pueblos there in in the ruins. So just really cool, like really ex, you know, kind of esoteric, eccentric history. <laughs> so, um, and speaking of eccentric history, uh, we mentioned Mountain Air. Um, now <laughs> there is a uh, so. You you know more about this than I do, but there was a, there was an artist, a folk artist named Clement. Oh, he's a, yeah, I mean, he's a farmer. I mean, he grew up there, but yeah, Clement a, Pop Schaefer. Pop uh, Schaefer, and he he started a hotel and a restaurant, right? Um, was he a Nazi sympathizer? No, okay. no he was not okay. in fact a Nazi sympathizer. <laughs> so why why do I ask? That's that, a right? good reason. That's a, a good question. <laughs> so you will see swastikas on the Schaefer Hotel in Mountain Air. That it has nothing to do with the. <laughs> Uh, much maligned, rightfully so, <laughs> Nazi party. Um, in fact, all of this stuff was predates the yeah. rise of Hitler in Germany. Um, and if you pay close attention, you'll notice that the swastika is used. Swastika is an ancient symbol, yeah. and it's been used in India, in America, um, all over the world. Yeah. Um, typically, you know, the four winds, and it's it's kind of associated with those kind of things. You'll notice if you pay close attention that they don't even go the same direction. Mm-hmm. The Nazi swastika tend to be on a tilt. These tend to be, you know, at ninety, at 90 yeah. degrees, the cardinal direction. So, so they're really not even the same yeah. swastikas. It was, it but don't a, be shocked when you see it swastikas. It was a native symbol for welcome, I think. I believe so. Yeah, ironically um, enough. But um, so the, 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 so hotel, the whole the whole outside of his hotel has yeah. is kind of has been folk arted by yeah. him. There's a fence, there's a great fence along the one edge, along one side that you can walk along. That's got these great, you know, hand carved faces and stuff in it out mm-hmm. of the concrete and the rock and the pebbles and. And then there's actually a, a restaurant that he did the interior of, and then the hotel. But right. uh, apparently, the hotel has kind of a reputation of it being hands picked up by an owner and then closing down, and then being picked up by another owner. And so, uh, so I've eaten at the restaurant, but I understand right now the restaurant's closed. But I think they're changing hands. Yeah, it's supposed to reopen soon. Yeah. So check that out if you wanna if you wanna do yeah. do wanna pay to you know eat out and kind of experience a local. Yeah. Restaurant, that's definitely a recommendation. It's going to be classic New Mexican cuisine. Super cool inside the restaurant because they do, I mean, literally hand-carved legs on tables, hand-carved wooden chandeliers, um, you know, Mm -hmm. hand-painted stuff. So so he was, yeah, all his folk art is is right there in the the restaurant. So then you actually drive past his studio, right, at one point? So if you're going to Gran Covira, Mm -hmm. out 55, you are, and you have to understand, if you're not familiar with these highways in New Mexico, these (laughs) these, like back highways, they're paved and everything. But they'll like take a ninety degree turn <laughs> yeah. without a lot of warning. <laughs> right. So they kind of they're they're just rural highways. Right. So they just they they go around the properties and around people's farmland. But yes, you will go to Pop Schaefer's. You'll, um, I want to say Rancho Benito is what they call it, and that was kind of his cabin, a studio, and home. Yeah. And again, kind of painted in his folk his folk art style. Um, I understood at one point you could you could tour them and see yeah. them. I've tried a few times and they've been. You can drive in, but there there's nobody there. There's yeah. a visitor center, so. Again, you might check before you go if you want to incorporate that, or you can, like I said, you can drive by and, and just take a picture. But it, even out, even out front, like even the entrance to the yeah. driveway has like sculptures and stuff yeah. that he's done. It's very cool, pretty cool stuff. And hopefully, with the thousands of people that are listening to this, yes, they're, they're our, calling our Mountaineer massive crowd that will and they're flood. saying, "Hey, we yeah, want to tour the Pop to... Schaefer uh, <laughs> studio." So, so please call, Definitely. open it up just for us because we. Saw... And the other thing about Mountaineer is the so like, like we said, each site has kind of visitor center, mm, but. Yeah, yeah. The official main kind of headquarters of the Salinas Missions Trail is there in Mountain Air. Um, it's right there on, uh, I have the address, it is on Riley Street. No, find it. Oh, no, Ripley Street. 102 South Ripley Street in Mountain Air. Um, so check that out. Again, time, time it accordingly. So you're going to stop at either Abo or Quad Eye first. Um, check those out, eat your, eat your picnic or whatever, and then head into, head into Mountain Air, um, see the visitor center. And like I said, from there, I would go to Grand Guevara, from Grand Guevara back to Mountain Air, and then out to either whichever one you hadn't seen yet, Quad Eye or yeah. Bow. Um, but yeah, check out the whole area. Mountain Air is a, one of those towns that, I mean, I just, yeah. I wish, I wish they had more going on. It's a great little town. It's a beautiful setting, um, yeah. Art, there are, I think there are some art galleries and stuff like that. So if you get a chance, if they're open, you know, scope them out, spend your money there. Um, you help the local economy. 
Um, but yeah, you can't. There's not a bad drive in that the whole trip. Yeah. Um, so yeah, either way, so either way you go. If you start in Abo first, then loop back through Quadai and come back up through Teheras and into Albuquerque. If you start in Quadai, go out the other way and yeah. and come back up through through Abo. Yeah. Um, it's just it's a day of beautiful drive. I mean, beautiful sceneries. I mean, yeah, that's the thing, right? So, just, I mean, when you're there walking around, that's amazing. The yeah. hikes, great. Yeah. Picnic areas. The kids get to run around, get back in the car. The drive's beautiful yeah. to the next spot. Yeah. Um, you know, get the kids out and let them run around the next site. So, get, get back to um, Albuquerque and go to a brewery and enjoy and a burger and a beer. Yeah, and definitely. And it's one of these dri- It's one of these trips, like, a, not to hammer on this, but I've taken friends on this trip too. Mm-hmm. And people who grew up here. Yeah. People who've yeah. lived here their entire lives. And I go, well, have you been to the Salinas Mission? The what? The yeah. Salinas Mission? What? Where? <laughs> They're just, it's an hour. Like, you just go outside of town. It's just the yeah. inside of Monsanto's. And they don't even know about it. And we take them there, and they go, I had no idea this amazing place existed. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're always grateful that we that we take them out there and show them. So, to me, especially in the Albuquerque vicinity, like, this is the one that, like, I can't believe nobody knows about it. And it's, it's not very just, overlooked, yeah. They're not just out there all the time. So, it's one of the most underrated sites. Yeah. In New Mexico, in my opinion. Um, and I think partly because it's so accessible. And you can just hop in the car and go to the next place, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. it's not like you go and you just park and you're there all day. I mean, you you can go, you can take as long or as, yeah, as short absolutely. as you want and just make it a quick you know, hop through. But like, see, even just the drive between the sites is is great. And Zach and I have been, you know, we've been a few times. Uh, we tried to go to one time and it was like snowing and the guy closed up. and <laughs> It was absolutely beautiful. Though. It was beautiful. It was but you can, yeah, you can do it almost any time of the year. Um, but yeah, it's, like I said, they're super accessible and, and a ton of fun. I, again, I think this gets our our full family rating, yeah, right? Yeah, Some places absolutely. are going to be more, yeah. you probably don't want to take the kids or maybe right. do it cautiously. But this definitely gets our full, you know, take the whole crew yeah. rating. Get out, spend the day in the sunshine, fresh air. With the kids. And so, yeah. And if you're listening and you know, like I said, in October, November, I'm definitely go do it because that's a beautiful time yeah. to be out in New Mexico. So. Absolutely. Otherwise, we've we've gone over our typical oh well time slot, but I think that's to be expected. Yeah. But thanks for joining. As us. As always, thank you for joining us, and we hope you're enjoying it. If you have any ideas, recommendations, you want to tell a story, you want to be on the podcast, please hit us up. Floor of the sky at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, all the social medias. <laughs> Anything and, else? Uh, Spread the word, like, subscribe, all the things you kids do these days with your podcasts and interwebs and whatnot. So we've got uh, got a couple upcoming episodes we're pretty excited about. We're going to dig into uh, kind of a more specific historical element of of New Mexico, Um, kind of spotlight one of the heroes of uh, of New Mexico, what makes New Mexico special. Uh, And then I think it is October, so we're going to have to do some ghost stories before before too long. So that's coming down the pipe. So that should be a lot of fun. But otherwise, again, thanks again, and uh, we've enjoyed it. Hope you do, too. Here's to the good stuff. May it last a long time. time.